May 25th, 2023. We're in Masechet Berachot and Tetzayin Amutbet. Uh, we just finished the Mishnah with the beginning of the Gemara. Before the lines get initially wide, it's two lines up. So the Gemara begins and says, Maita'ama de Rabban Gamliel? Question mark. Rabban Gamliel was mentioned in our Mishnah. Rabban Gamliel, the Mishnah told us, was Rohetz Laila Harishon Shemeta Ishto. On following the day of the death of his wife, that night, he uh, he washed himself. And his students, if you recall, the Mishnah told us, asked him, why is it that you washed yourself? Didn't you teach us that Navel is not allowed to wash himself? The response, if you recall as well, was that I'm different than regular people. I'm an Istanis. Istanis, Rashi said, Me'unag umfunak. I'm uh, more pampered. I'm more, uh, I live a life in which I'm used to. And as a result, it's uh, discomfort. It's not just a uh, lack of pleasure. It's a discomfort if I don't bathe myself. But the Gemara's question initially, is that a heter, a leniency for someone who's an istinis, might be understood if you're dealing with a rabbinic prohibition. If it's a biblical, if it's min ha-Torah, it's hard to understand any permissibility. The Torah is given to Am Yisrael. There are situations where we say, ones rahmana patre. But our assumption is if it's just going to be discomfort, if it's uncomfortable for the person, we're going to say to them, overcome that discomfort to fulfill a mitzvah min ha-Torah. It's for that reason the Gemara answers, kasavar, Rabban Gamliel's opinion must be, must have been, aninut layla de Rabbanan. Now, when we mention aninut over here, we mean not necessarily aninut, which means before the burial. We mean the first day of mourning. The general understanding is that the first day of mourning, according to many, most authorities, is min ha-Torah of Avelut, the first day of mourning. And uh, it's really, it's, it's derived in part from the pasuk in the Torah, which Rashi cites, lo achalti be'onimi mennu. It's a reference to not eating from ma'aser, and Kodashim, when you were Be'oni, when you were on your first day of mourning, when you were an Onin as well. But the specific over here in our Gemara that's being addressed is what's the status of that night? There's a dispute in Masechet Zevachim and Dafzaditet about whether Aninut Laila or Laila Rishon is Midrabbanan or Min HaTorah. Says the Gemara, it must be that Rabban Gamliel's opinion was like the lenient opinion that Aninut Laila is Midrabbanan. Well, why does that change anything? Well, first and foremost, how does he, how does, how would you derive that the first night, of course, the first day is not what we're addressing. We're talking about the night, and the Mishnah told us specifically, he bathed himself at night, Dikhtiv ve'aharitah kiyom mar. So this pasuk from Sefer Amos, which the rabbis understand, tells us ve'aharitah kiyom mar, it's the day, it's the initial day, which might be the Mar day, the Isur min ha-Torah, or the Chova min ha-Torah avelut. It's not following that first day, meaning when it's night. Ubimakom istenis, the final line here in the Gemara is, lo gazru rabbanan. And when it's a situation of istanis, since to begin with, we're dealing with only an Isur midrabbanan, aninut layla midrabbanan, if you're an istanis, if you're that pampered person, the person who's used to bathing, it would be permitted for you. That's the Gemara's suggestion with regards to uh, the opinion of Rabban Gamliel. Tosafot questions. Tosafot says, even if Aninut Laila was not Midrabbanan, um, the concept of Aninut in general um, only really applies Minha Torah with regards to the Isur, as I said, as we read from Rashi, that Pasuk, 
of eating Ma'asrot and Terumah, and Kodashim. Well, that being the case, the idea of bathing is, is, is at, the, at, at the most Midrabanan, even if the night is considered minha Torah, it's not going to be with regards to this issue. Tosafot therefore suggests at the very end, says, takun takun. It says, if the rabbis were going to enact something on this day, to give the nature of the day a further status, it would be ke'inde oraita, which means to say, if the Torah took effect with regards to the avelut, not only on the first day, but at night as well, the rabbinic extension would be at night as well. Uh, so you need it to be fully and completely midrabbanan. The night suggests Tosafot in order for an istanis to be permitted. That's what we have in our Gemara. We had uh, further in the Mishnah uh, that when Tavi, the slave of Rabban Gamliel, died, um, he, uh, the Mishnah told us he was mekabel tanhumin. He accepted condolences from people. He, uh, he had people come and console him with words of of goodness and speaking about Tavi. And his students again asked him, how are you doing that, Rabbi? Didn't you teach us that for Ne'evit Kana'ani we don't do such a thing? Uh, so his response, if you recall, was that Tavi Avdi, my Evit Kana'ani, my non-Jewish slave Tavi, was different than all other Avadim. I'm different than other human beings, he said, and my slave is different than other slaves because he was an Evit Kashir. He was a righteous Eved. So the Gemara picks up on this and it says, Second wide line. If you're dealing with the Beraita, tells us, non-Jewish slaves, ushvachot, maidservants, non-Jewish. Uh, uh, Rashi tells us from the Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin that um, what used to happen was when a person would be buried, the relatives would then emerge from the burial area and there would be lines of people greeting them and giving them those initial consolations or consolement, words of, 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 of helping them get past it, uh, and matters of that sort. And uh, Rashi quotes that the shura was 10 people usually. Regardless, with regards to our Gemara, the Gemara then the Beraita is telling us that that's only for Yisrael. If a Jewish person dies, and you go and you bury him, and you're a relative, as you leave, so the people line up on the two sides, and they say, If it's a slave, however, if it's a maidservant who's not Jewish, there's no amida bishura. There's none of that lining up to console. Furthermore, the Gemara Masechet Ketubot, which Rashi cites from Dafhet, tells us that there's a biracha to be said at the Se'udat Havra'ah. Se'udat Havra'ah is the first meal, after the burial, when the mourners return home, they're served a meal by others. You know, the minhag is to give round things, like a round piece of bread and a round egg. At that meal, there was a specific beracha called birkat avelim. It's not said for anyone other than people from Am Yisrael, Jews. If it's for an eved or shivcha, there's no birkat avelim. And lastly, v'tanhume avelim. You also, there's no... Uh, there's no consolement. That's what we were talking about in our Mishnah with regards to Rabban Gamliel. Uh, Tosafot on the right-hand side, the last line, explain, En omdina lehem beshura, dilma maybe atel asuke liyuhasin. Tosafot explains that the issue with regards to these matters, it appears that the Tosafot is not referring to only the standing in rows, but each of these three things is because by so doing, people will look at the situation and say, oh, 
that Evet Kanaani, he must be Jewish. It would help his Yehus in an inappropriate way. It would confuse people. If it's a non-Jewish person whom the Jewish people are receiving these sorts of goodwill and nature and Tanhumin, Amidah Bishura and so forth, it would confuse matters with regards to their Yehus. Continues the Beraita and it says, Ma'aseh umeta shifhato shel Rebili Ezer. The shifhakna anit of Rebili Ezer passed away. Nichnesu talmidav lenachamo. His students entered to give him consolation, to give him tanhume avelim. Apparently his students weren't familiar with the law that the students that Rabban Gamliel were. Kevan shira'a otam. Once Rebili Ezer saw his students approaching, he understood what was happening. He tried to hint to them without words. He went up to the attic area. He kind of ran away from them so that they'd pick up on the fact that they shouldn't be giving him tanhume avilim. They went after him without realizing and understanding why he was doing that, that he was trying to evade them. So now that he saw them up there without talking to them, he ran away from them further. And Pilon, Rashi says, is the Bait Katan Shilifnet Raklin Hagadol. It's the initial re- reception area before you get into the larger home. So he gets into this smaller home. He runs in there, nestles himself away from his students. His students follow him in there. As he sees them coming in, realizing that they're going to be Menachem Avel, he goes into the larger home. And they again follow him. Rabbi Ezer realizes that these hints are not working, that his students, as wise as they are, don't know how to pick up on clues. Amar lahem, he turns to his students and he says, Kimdume ani, it seems to me, shatem nichvim beposhrim. I thought, it seemed to me, that you'd be burnt even by lukewarm water. Meaning, I thought I could give you a subtle hint and you'd pick up on it. You touch the lukewarm water and understand it's coming from a source of heat. There's something wrong here. Just by giving you those hints, running away once, twice, three times, I thought you'd be able to pick up on the reality. I see, however, that even when it's scorching hot water or situation, you don't even get burnt. You don't know how to take the clue. And now he opens up and explains to them what he was trying to remind them through his actions. He now tells them with his words, Didn't I teach you this already? You cannot and should not, with regards to Avadim Kna'aniim, do any of those three things, neither Amida Beshura, nor Berkat Avelim, and not even Tanhume Avelim. Ela, now we have a little bit more from Rabili Ezer that we didn't see in the Beraita, Ma, in the initial Beraita, Ma Omri Ma'alehim. What is said with regards, what is appropriate and should be said with regards to Avadim and Shvachot Kna'aniim? You say to them, to the original owner, Keshem Shomrim lo le'adam al shorova The same way when a person loses property, a donkey or a ox, uh, something of a, a, a large loss in their life, some sort of monetary deficiency. What do you say to them? You give them a blessing. You have a prayer. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Makom, the source of all existence, should fill your gap, should fill your absence. Kach, so too. That's the most and and only appropriate words with regards to the death of a slave who's not Jewish. Kach omrim lo alavdo shivhato hamakom yimale necha chesro necha. Hakadosh Baruch Hu should fill in that which is a void in your life. Tanya idach, 
we have another beraita, an other beraita, avadim ushvachot en masbidinotam. Uh, this beraita says, as we learned already, avadim ushvachot should not have eulogies. Rabbi Yosei Omer, im evet kasher hu, Rabbi Yosei alternatively says, he says, but there's some situations when it's appropriate to be maspid. Again, maspid means to eulogize. If it's an evet kasher, we think already about Tavi. What do you say about them? Umrim alav hoi ishtov venehem neeman venehenem miyerio. You say about him hoi, Rashi says hoi is a, a lashon which denotes, Rashi says, genihavetseaka. It's a way of uh, sighing and screaming. Um, so you say oi ishtov, he was a good person, a complete person, neeman. Trustworthy, he benefited and he enjoyed his own efforts. That's how he was productive. He didn't take from others. He didn't do things dishonestly. He was an honest, trustworthy person who was successful. Amrulo, the Hachamim, turned to the Biosin and said, That's what you could say about Na'evet Kanani? Imken likshirim. What do you leave for kosher Jews? In other words, the, effectively what they were saying to him was, could you find better compliments? You were trying to say to Biosa, well, if it's a kosher slave, at least you could say this. Or at least you could say that. I mean, he couldn't find something greater, is the expression of the hachamim, to say about any person. Okay, the Gemara now goes on to an altogether different issue, uh, starting with a beraita again. Tanura banan en korin avot ela lishlosha, ven korin imahot ela learba. The statement is, you may not refer to as an av, as a father in the general sense, any other than the three. The three, of course, being Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Then Korin Imahot, if you're going to refer to the mothers, you can only refer to the four. Who are those? Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. Before we go on, we're in the Gemara and understand why this is so. We have to first address, what is what are we referring to? What does it mean, in Korin? Is there some sort of Isur? What is it specifically we're referring to? Rashba, in his commentary to the Gemara, Rashba has the following statement. He first quotes from Ra'avad. He quotes from Ra'avad that the expression of in Korin means in Omrim, you can't say in prayer, Mishi'ana Reuven Avinu, Oshim'on Avinu. You shouldn't say, he who responded and listened to um, our father Reuven, or our father Shimon. It's inappropriate. It's not that it's forbidden, but it's inappropriate. Rashba disagrees. Rashba says that there's no such thing with regards to the mothers. We don't have anything in our prayer. We don't have such an expression. Therefore, says Rashba, when our Gemara refers to this, the Gemara is really only referring to just a proper way of speech. It's the way we speak. We refer to Abraham Avinu. We don't say Reuven Avinu. Not because it's in the context of prayer. This type of question does get brought up in the context of our silihot, because we have in our silihot, um, elahad meir. Uh, so the question is, who's that referring to? And even some nushaot have the words elahad dirbi meir. Um, so, excuse me, 
Uh, that's a different issue. That's an issue that we saw earlier that we have Eloke Abraham. That's not with regards to Avinu. I'm, I'm confusing it, but it's a similar it's a similar issue in this respect that maybe in the prayer it's inappropriate to talk in such a fashion. But over here, Rashba says that's not even the issue. Okay. So anyway, so the statement then is En Korin Avot so says the Gemara, well, what are you talking about? Why is this so? Why can't I say Reuven Avinu? What's wrong with saying that? Ma'ita'ama, uh, excuse me, Avot Ma'ita'ama. What's the reason that we only say Abraham Avinu? It's Hak Avinu, Yaakov Avinu. We don't say Levi Avinu. We don't say Shimon Avinu. Maybe you'll say it's because Mishum Maybe it's because we don't know what tribe we're from. We all know that we come from, if we're members of Am Yisrael, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, but we don't know if we're from Shevet Reuven, Shevet Shimon, Shevet Levi, and so on and so forth. And maybe that's why. So it's appropriate to say Abinu about the three Avot. We know we come from them. But the others, it might not be your Av. Iyache says the Gemara, if that's the case, though, it's not really going to suffice. What about the Imahot? We don't know if we come from Rachel or Leah. You said it's appropriate to say the Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah as the Imahot. Uh, but it's not really so. If you're telling me the issue is because you don't know if you actually come from that one, meaning that is your patriarch, well, you don't know if Rachel or Leah is your matriarch. Uh, they were both Imahot, and they had different descendants. By extension, we don't know if we come from Zilha or, Bil, uh, or, or Bilha either. Oh, so it can't be that's the reason why these and specifically are, are, these are referred to as Imahot and Avot. Ela, rather, says the Gemara Adhacha Hashiveh, Says the Gemara, it's instead, the reason is, because until Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and up until then, there's a certain hashivut, a certain prominence and significance. Beyond that, they're very important. Uh, when we talk about the shiv- Shivatim, you can't find more significant people in our history, but, aside from Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, so the Av name is less about it being a patriarch in the sense that I descend from him, it's in terms of being a patriarch, in terms of his prominence and stature. Tanya Idach, we have a Beraita, now you'll understand why this was quoted, because we have a parallel or a contrast with regards to Avadim and Shvachot, whereas that was a statement about members of Am Yisrael. Tanya Idach, we have a different Beraita, which says, Avadim Shvachot en korin otam Abba Peloni vi'ima Pelonit. Rashi says the reference of Abba Peloni and Ima Pelonit is the way we would say Mor Doek, Mor Kohen, or Mar Kohen, Mar Tawil. In other words, Mr. or that sort of expression, or Mrs. or Ms. That's what Abba and Ima is a reference to. And as a result, the statement in this Beraita is not because of lineage per se, but because it's inappropriate to give that mark of distinction to Avadim Kena'anim, you only refer to members of Am Yisrael in that fashion. Of course, you might ask, how does this apply in today's day and age, right? In other words, does that mean you can't say Mr. about others? No, again, this is not about an Isur per se. It's about appropriate involvement, and it's about giving more of a prominence and a significance. The Gemara is not going against social norms that would be inappropriate to say about so this person Mr. but not that one, uh, it, uh, per se. Vashel Rabban Gamliel, however, concludes the Beraita that in the household, the estate of Rabban Gamliel, Hayu Korinotam Abba Peloni, Vi'ima Pelonit, 
However, in the estate of Rabban Gamliel, in his home, they did refer to the slaves as Abba, Tavi, and Ima, I don't know, whatever her name was. Says the Gemara, Ma'aseli store? Says the Gemara, are you bringing a story to contradict what you just said? I mean, what you do? You just told me that you can't refer to the Avadim and Kanaanim and Shifhot, Kanaaniot as Abba and Ima. And then you told me a story. Oh, but in Rabban Gamliel's home, they did. Uh, so say Rabban Gamliel's holek. Why do you have a story disagreeing? Says the Gemara, no, it goes like this. Mishum de Because there was a certain stature and status either to the household of Rabban Gamliel or to the slaves of the household of Rabban Gamliel that in terms of referring to them in such a fashion, either it wasn't inappropriate for the family members to refer to it in such a fashion or it wasn't inappropriate in such a manner to refer to the slaves because of their hashivut. All right, the Gemara continues, says, Amar bil-Azar, may dikhtiv. Bil-Azar has a question about a pasuk in Tehilim. The pasuk says, Ken avarechecha behayay, bishimcha esa kapay. So he breaks down this pasuk. And he says, what's it referring to, this pasuk? Ken avarechecha behayay zo shema. The first part of the pasuk, which talks about blessing God, in my lifetime, says uh, says Rabbi Al-Azhar. That's a reference to Kiryat Shema. Kiryat Shema, why is it referred to as blessing in my life? Maharsha, now our Gemara suggests, based on the Gemara in Masechet Menachot and Dafsaditet. The Gemara in Menachot and Dafsaditet says that a person should say Kiryat Shema in morning and evening, and that can be the minimal fulfillment of Talmud Torah. Says Maharsha, Talmud Torah, of course, is it is our source of life. And in turn, when the Pasuk says, it's a reference to, I'll bless you with my life. Not in my life, with my life. What's with my life? With Torah. When do you bless God with Torah? I will, with your name, or through your name, raise my palms, raise my hands. That's a reference to Tefillah. Maharsha cites a pasuk in that respect, but we, I mean, the, the, the standard depiction of someone who's in heartfelt prayer, they have their hands raised up to the heavens with their palms outstretched, that's Bishimcha Esa Kapai. Okay, says the Gemara, says Rabil Azar, if you were to do so, if in your lifetime you were consistent and you constantly said Kiryat Shema appropriately and Amida diligently, Vimoseken, Alav HaKatuv Omer, the pasuk thereafter, the next pasuk there in Tehillim Mizmor Samech Gimal says, Kemo Helev Vadeshen Tisba Nafshi. The pasuk says that my soul will be satiated as if this was Helev Vadeshen. Probably translated as the helev, the fats which would be put on the mizbeach. It's almost as if I'm sacrificing to you. And deshin, probably a reference to terumata deshin, the cleaning of the mizbeach afterwards. In other words, if you say kiryat and you pray appropriately and consistently, it's as if you're sacrificing. You're turning to God and you're taking the place appropriately of korbanot. Velo'od, you should know the merit of a person who properly says Kiryat Shema Amida daily and consistently. That person will inherit two worlds. Which two worlds? Ha'olam Hazeh ve'ha'olam Habba. Both this world and the world to come. Shene'emar. The last part of this pasuk again in Tehilim. Mizmor Samech Gimal. Pasuk Vav. The pasuk says, Ve'sifteh renanot yehalel pi. And the reference is, my lips will rinanot, rina, two times. 
I'll be able to sing with my lips and mouth to you twofold. What's the twofold? Ha'olam hazeh ve'ha'olam haba. Okay, the Gemara continues just a bit more. And what the Gemara will now bring us through for quite some time is the prayers that many of the Tanaim and Emoraim would insert at the end of what we know as the Amidah. Now, in today's day and age, we have already that part as well uh, solidified. If you open up to a Sidur, of course, you finish Amen. That's the end of the formal Amidah. You did 19 Berachot until then. And then we start with So on and so forth. Those words we'll actually find in our Gemara. It's only one opinion to say those words. Those were a personal request because at that point you're dealing with at that point you're dealing with um, a, a personal request at the conclusion of the Amidah. The Amidah is supposed to be soulful. The Amidah is supposed to be something which is spontaneous to a certain extent, but it's already been canonized by Anshei Knesset Hagidola. So what we'll read in the Gemara is the insertion of many of the Hachamim with regards to those words. In today's day and age, ironically, where even that has been canonized, there is nonetheless opportunity for people to put in you know, their own request in that place. And what many people have the practice, this goes back, it's a minhag, several hundred, four hundred plus years, Shalah HaKadosh and others mention it, is to mention a pasuk at the very conclusion of the Amidah that has the first first word begins with a letter that's the beginning of your name, and the last word has a final letter which is the end of your name. Um, so it was actually surprising to me. I, I found this out not too long ago that my father, since he was a young boy, uh, does this at the uh, conclusion of the Amidah. I was never educated to do so, but it, it means there is some tradition even in our community, even in our communities, I imagine, unless he had an Ashkenazic teacher, but I imagine that uh, there, there is, and I, I know many people until today do it. That's already, again, it's an opportunity for some sort of personal inclusion, whereas the Gemara, again, will tell us that many of the Tanaim and Emoraim had a longer more full explanation of their request, their bakashot to a hakadosh baruch and even hodaot. So let's read a little bit of them. We're not going to read all of them today. Says the Gemara, the last of the medium lines. Rabbi Azar batar de mesayem selote. Rabbi Azar, when he finished batar after mesayem, he finished when he finished when he was finished with the conclusion of his selote, his amida. Amar hache, he would say the following. Uh, again, what do we do today? Elokai Nesor. He would say, Yehi rason melefanecha Hashem Elokeinu. It should be the will in front of you, God, our Lord. Shetishkon befurenu, ahava veahva, veshalom vereut. You should, in our lot, um, uh, reside and, and help rest. Ahava veahva, love and uh, companionship. Shalom, peace, vereut, and, and friendship. And you should, um, our, our um, border should be filled with students. And our, our end should be a, a, a purposeful one and one that has hope and inspiration. And we should have a portion and a plot in Gan Eden. And you should establish for us a good friend, a proper friend, a 
proper inclination, a yeser tov in your world, v'nashkim v'nimtza yichud levavenu, and we should wake up every morning, and we should find that the passion and will of our hearts and minds is l'yirai shemecha, is to fear you, have awe and trepidation in your presence, v'tavod lefanecha korat nafshenu letoba, and our souls and our soulful requests should come in front of you in a proper way. Rabbi Yohanan, that was Rabbi Lazar's request, his prayer at the end. Rabbi Yohanan would say the following, Shetatzitz means to look, to peer. Just like we have Sisit, one of the interpretations of Rashi is, is Milashon, Mesitz min haharakim, it means to look. Shetatzitz biboshtenu, you should look into our shamefulness, our embarrassing state. Vitabit bira'atenu. You should look at as well the the hard things that we have in our life. Vititlabesh berahamecha. Bore'alam. In order to help us, what you should do is you should, so to speak, enclose yourself with mercy. Vititkase be'ozecha. And you should uh, uh, um, cover yourself with a certain fierceness and strength. Vititatef bahasidutecha. You should, you should, um, like a ituf, uh, wrap yourself with um, chesed, with um, proper uh, and, and appropriate um, goodwill to us. And you should uh, gird yourself with hanina, with compassion, and, uh, and your midah of tob. And your anava, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, should inspire you in your relationship with us and this world. Rabbi Zera, says the Gemara onward, Rabbi Zera, Batar de Mesayim Selotei, when he finished his Amidah, this is what he would say, Amar HaKeh, Yehi Razon Melefanecha Hashem Elokeinu, Shelo Necheta, Velo Nevosh, Velo Nechale Meavotenu. Short and to the point, we shouldn't sin. Please let that be your will. We shouldn't have shame or embarrassment from our forefathers. In other words, sometimes it's more embarrassing when you look back at the previous generations and compare yourself to them. If you compare yourself just to your generation, you can feel good about where you are. If you're comparing yourself to earlier generations, it's sometimes shameful. When Rebihia, after he finished his Amida, he would say the following, Your Torah should be our craftsmanship. It should be second nature to us. It should be what we're involved with in our lives. And we shouldn't uh, become depressed. Our souls, our hearts, and our minds shouldn't become downtrodden. And our eyes shouldn't become darkened. We shouldn't have difficult times. Rav, one of the great Emoraim Rav, Batar Selote, after his prayer, Amar he would say the following, It should be your will, it should be in front of you. You should give us a long life. Hayim shel shalom, life of peacefulness. Hayim shel toba, life of goodness. Hayim shel beracha, life of blessing. Hayim shel parnasa, life of uh, of sustenance, of 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 uh, prosperance, uh, of prospering. Hayim shel chidutz asamot, a life of um, of good health. Hayim sheish b'hem yirat het, a life which is filled with fear of heaven, uh, of fear of sin. Hayim shein b'hem busha uchlima. A life which shouldn't bring us to shame and embarrassment from others or from ourselves. Chaim shel osher, a life of wealth, chabod, and honor and glory and distinction. Chaim shetei banu ahavat Torah, a life which should be filled with 
love of Torah, diligence, adherence to Torah, yirat shamayim, fear of heaven, hayim should temale lanu et kol mishalot ibenu letoba, a life which furthermore should fulfill all of our requests in the proper and good way. Rebi batar selote amar hache. Rebi, after his prayer, would say the following, Yiratzon melfanecha Hashem elokeinu velokei avotenu, shetasilenu me'azeh panim, you should save us from azepanim, from fierceness of others to us, panim, and from them actually affecting that upon us. Rashi says, People shouldn't say about me, uh, false rumors shouldn't spread about me, uh, notions that I was born to inappropriate marriages or relations. Me'adamra, save me. Furthermore, Rabbi would say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from evil people, umipegara, and from difficult situations, miyesera, from evil inclinations, mehavera, from evil friendships, mishachenra, from evil uh, neighbors, umisatan hamashchit, and from the satan, which is destructive, umidin kashe, umibaldin kashe, and from difficult and hard judgments, and from litigants against me who would be difficult and hard. Ben shu ben berit, ben sheino ben berit. Whether the other side is Jewish or not Jewish, it's hard for me if I have to be engaged in a situation where they're causing me difficulty. But the conclusion of the Gemara is these are not the words of Rabbi, it's a fact. Rabbi would make this request daily even though Rashi explains there were shotrim, there were guardsmen who surrounded by the by the command of Antoninus, who was the Caesar at the time, uh, uh, surrounded Rabbi in his dwelling place, and maybe they were his bodyguards as well, to make certain that anyone who tried to go after Rabbi, anyone who was trying to attack or to affect negatively Rabbi, uh, they would be warded off. He had full protection, nonetheless. Rabbi made this sort of request to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, the greatness of Rabbi is, even though it was naturally provided for him that protection, he understood that at its core he needed to give that thankfulness, that request to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he continue that protection, because the natural sense of it will only endure as much as the supernatural, natural, godly protection is there as well. It means that the final segment of the Gemara, which we need to continue with, is the requests of the Hachamim, each one in their own way, each one with particular requests and notions and praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, different than the other. This was their natural, spontaneous way, which they would reach out to him even when they finished the, so to speak, canonized Amidah of Shemona Yisrael of 19 Berachot. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen.